Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Natalie D. Today we're talking haunted houses. Do you think our house is haunted? Nope, I do not. (laughs) I wish it was. I wish it was. I really don't think it is. I, I don't think it is at all. There was, okay, so I'll preface this. Okay. The house is not haunted. I really wanted the house to be haunted, and so I went into the property records. Our house was built in 1949, and I went through all of the property records, and I got a list of everybody who lived in this house. Yeah. And then I Googled them all to see when they died and to see if they were in this house when they died. And the answer to that question was no, none of them died here. No one has ever died in this house, ever. They always go somewhere else to die. They go to Florida or something. It's like... The opposite of a cat, like when a cat is real old, like sometimes a cat or some other small animal like that will just find a little hole and just go in it and just die in there. Uh Uh-huh. Our house is the opposite. When people are dying, they're like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. No, this house turns you into a cat. This house turns you into a cat. So as soon as you feel death starting to creep up on you, you're like, oh, I need to go hide in a hole in Florida. Yeah, I think everybody just gets kind of old and then they're like, sell the house. Gotta sell the house. Gotta get real estate. (laughs) Well, I think that people people are like living in this house and they're like well my kids are done going to school fuck these property taxes i'm going across the river (laughs) yeah that's like the main reason we moved here because the schools are supposed to be good doesn't seem like they are imagine how bad they would be in a bad one right right. (laughs) my problem is i just don't like school do you think the school's haunted um no you think the high school's haunted? The high school was... The high school might be haunted because it was built on top of a graveyard. The high school in the neighborhood was built on top of a slave graveyard. Right, right. So they just basically, I guess they just like dusted the headstones out of the way and plopped that fucker right down on top of them. I think they were under the parking lot. Yeah. Now, to their credit, they did, when they found out about it, they excavated it and they put up a memorial. So they, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I feel about, I mean, there's so many dead bodies under the earth. I feel like if you find out that one's right there and it's recent enough that it's still all together, you should, you should give it some good vibes. But otherwise, the whole ground is just made up of bones as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, we we, we were discussing that the other day. We, on this podcast, we said that there's like 93 billion corpses like around. Like some of them have been burned, but like a lot of them haven't been. And so they're... There are skeletons everywhere. I mean, uh, probably a lot of the dirt is skeletons right. too, because right. there's organic matter. There's in the more dirt. than ten, more than ten times as many people are on this planet as how many skeletons are. Think about it. Wait, say, wait, say that again. More than. Ten- are you saying there's ten people inside every skeleton? I'm saying I that missed something. I- there are 10 times as many skeletons on this planet as there are walking and talking people. More oh, than, yeah. More than that, because For sure. there's 93 billion skeletons. And yeah. so it's actually make 11 times more. Yeah, that is, that is a really, also the fact that you know exactly how many skeletons on Earth. I don't, I don't like that. I feel right. like that's a bit too precise. I mean, that shows you, like, there's, like, way more. If it's us versus them, they're winning. They're always going to be winning. They're always adding to their skeleton army. What if that was the whole thing with the aliens is they could not make their own skeletons. They created us so they could always have a supply of skeletons. And we're like fridges for the skeletons. We keep them fresh until they need them. 
What if their what if their spaceships run on skeletons? And that's how they move between the dimensions. Right. They need human skeletons. They, they come skeletons. down to Earth and they go and they collect skeletons and then they back to their home planet. And then the, then they're like, oh, we're out of skeletons. Go back to U.S. of A. They have plenty there. <laughs> yeah, go back and fuel. Go back and fuel up. And that's probably that's the whole thing. Like you know how sometimes there's like big wars and mm-hmm. a bunch of people kick off at once. Well, that's like got a big fleet. The whole crew has to refuel. Right. Well, listen to this. You know, like all those politicians who are all like pro-life and like anti-abortion politicians and they like try to like restrict your access to birth control. I think that they're in cahoots. There's a conspiracy with them and the aliens and they're just trying to make sure that there's a never ending supply of skeletons. No. That's why they don't care as long as there's more skeletons. They don't care what happens to you after you have the baby. They just want the skeletons, man. Right, as long as the baby has a skeleton. Right, Uh uh-huh. That's going to be a grown-up adult skeleton. And they've given us all that fluoride. I'm sure that makes our skeletons very powerful for the aliens. I didn't even Put a bow on it. (laughs) Make sure you drink your milk. Your skeleton has to be strong. No reason. Like eat more, like no big deal because they need the skeletons. That's why it's, it doesn't matter. None of this shit matters. The only thing that matters is if we got skeletons at the end, and then we always will, baby. Anyway, so I was obsessed with the house being haunted, and it wasn't right. But if you recall, there was a brief period of time where I was very much investigating the idea that the house was haunted because the TV in the bedroom would turn on by itself at like three o'clock in the morning, like every night, every yeah. single time I would almost like shit myself. <laughs> well, in, in, so also the problem was this was the first time we got like a smart TV. Yeah, it was, and, yeah, not, not that smart. And so, well, it had, like, all these channels built in. I still don't understand it. I'm sure it's just it's just a service that they give to the, the TV manufacturer. I don't know. But we were watching game shows on it because a pretty solid thing to do after you get dispensation to smoke weed is to watch game shows. Right, uh-huh. Especially game shows from, like, the 70s. Of course. In the 80s. That's, like, pretty primo material. Well, so, I mean, you do that, and the this is going to make me sound... Cool. It's like, going to cool. make me sound like a goddamn <laughs> caveman, like I think the people live in the TV, but <laughs> they've got the game shows right on there. Right. You don't have to pay. Right. Uh-huh. They have their shows, own... What are you talking about? You... Just type in the number, and it's got the game shows right on there. Yeah, it's like all they have. It's Supermarket like, sweep, forget about it. It's separate from, like, the Netflix and Hulu buttons and stuff. Well, you turn it on, then you turn it off, right? You turn mm-hmm. it off, you go to bed. And then what kept happening is 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, we would get woken up because, the, of course, it's like LED technology, so the room is fucking hellishly illuminated. Yeah, right. Like X-Files, like they're coming to get my little sister. <laughs> And we got that big, big TV with them Trump bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we spent the stimulus money on a on a big, like a seventy five inch smart TV. The biggest TV we could fit in our bedroom. Because it's it was like a thousand dollars. Like what? And what were we gonna do for the pandemic? We were gonna sit in there and watch TV because we weren't yeah. going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. I feel like those puzzle pieces fit together perfectly. Perfect, yeah. Uh-huh. Except 
that it kept waking us up in the middle of the night and then it'd be like Ray Combs screaming. Right, right. And you will wake up. I would wake up and I'd be like, Jesus Christ. I'd be like, Andy, why is the TV on? And he'd be like, what the fuck? And he'd just like lay there and I had to go turn it off. And I'd be afraid to go turn it off because I don't know why it turned on. <laughs> I had to get out of my, my bed where I'm protected with my blankets. <laughs> I got to tiptoe across the room and get the turn it off tiptoe back and then there like was, go try to go back to bed and be like why did i turn on there was something <laughs> we had to change something in the settings yeah you looked it up it was like a flaw in the tv <laughs> or i think it had something to do with my my uh switch being hooked up to it like my switch would jostle and wake up and then my switch waking up would turn the tv on it was a chain of technological events right right it happened like it, just just often enough to keep me fucking terrified oh yeah it's just like the smoke alarm like if the smoke alarm beeped every second or you had something in your house that was beeping every second you could immediately find it but if it beeps once a minute You've either got to stand there and echolocate it and do hot and cold for like 20 minutes or you just fucking go insane. Right, right. So I was like low-key like texting Alyssa. I mean, listen, my TV keeps on coming on in the middle of the night. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> She's like, I'll bring my EMF reader over. <laughs> my spirit box. We'll figure this out. But I, but I did the research. No one died here. And what you were saying before with the high school, do I think the high school is haunted? No, because I don't think that people haunt the place where their body is buried. I think that they're going to haunt wherever it was like, that they lived in their life. No one wants to hang out with the decaying meat car. They want to hang out where the action is. Yeah, I feel like if the, if the concept holds up, which who's to say if it does, but let's just say if the concept holds up, it has to have a logical progression. Right, right, right. And so, unless, like, you died at your high school, which happens in America. Right, right. We haven't had any school shootings at that high school. Knock on wood. Not yet. <laughs> so, I don't think it's haunted, no. I'm trying to think if I've ever if I've ever been in a haunted house. I don't think I have. I've been in some weird houses. I've been in many haunted houses. That was my shit before the pandemic. I would seek them out. I would be like, hey, can I investigate your house? And people would be like, sure, it's haunted. <laughs> and I would well, go check it out. And get the heebie-jeebies and go home. <laughs> so the one, I mean, did did you ever talk about that on the show when you went to that small town in Ohio? Well, I've gone to a small town in Ohio more than once to investigate somebody's house. You were in the house and the pictures kept falling off the wall and stuff. Yeah, and we got a... Oh, we actually, we talked about that. Um, Alyssa and I had... We were starting a, a, another podcast that was specifically about us doing ghost investigations. But we got two episodes out and then the pandemic hit and so like all of our plans to go to all these places were like canceled and so we had no opportunities to do any kind of ghost investigations and that really puts a damper on your podcast when that's what it's about <laughs> and so we had to shelve that for a moment like perhaps it'll be back after the pandemic is over but hey everybody uh natalie's podcast licking public services is on indefinite hold <laughs> I eat is for now. Once, once I can feel confident about licking stuff outside, I'll I'll be back. But yeah, so we had I think it was episode we had two episodes I, I believe episode two of Hello Ghosts was us going to the haunted house, where uh, <laughs> my friend Jill was actually the one who hooked me up. 
like my very dear friend Jill. She, I was talking to her and I was like, I want to do, I'm going to do a podcast about investigating haunted houses. And she's like, oh, my friend's house is haunted. You want to go over there? I was like, yes, absolutely. Sure. And she's like, I'm going to have her Facebook message you. And the woman messaged me was in like five minutes. And she's like, you want to come over and check out my house? It's totally fucking haunted as shit. And so we went down there and we checked out this house and they were like upstanding members of their community. They were not slouches. They weren't, they weren't even like, they, like, they weren't in the fringe is what you're right. saying. Right. They were definitely movers and shakers in their community and they were absolutely like upstanding members of society and they absolutely were like red blooded American, like the most normal like normal in in like a good way, right? Yeah. <laughs> like absolutely like kind and normal people who had no twinge of weirdness to them at all. And their house was absolutely haunted. Shit was falling off the walls when we were sitting there and we were talking to her and, and she was telling us all this shit that had happened in her house and some of it was insanely fucked up shit. Like, she and her family were all in different areas of the house and all of them at the same time got the same noise in the room that they were in that sounded like uh, like a parish of people going to church, like singing and like doing church shit. <laughs> and they could hear it every room in the house and everyone was like, what the fuck was that? And like everyone fucking heard it. Like, and there was, there, her family was a large family. And so it was like her and she had like two or three kids there and her husband, like everyone fucking heard it. Anyways, when we were sitting here talking about it and we were sitting there and chatting about it and we obviously were recording the conversation because because it's more conversational to not be taking notes while you're talking to somebody. And I got home and I edited the podcast before I listened to my notes that because I'm like a genius like that, right? And so I got home and we talked all about what happened and we edited the podcast and then I went back and listened to the recording I took and I fucking got EVP on the fucking recording and I had to go and put it like an addendum at the end of the podcast like a fucking dumbass. I was like, yeah, guys, I, I didn't listen to any of my notes, but it turns out I got like an EVP and that would have been the main fucking talking point for this episode, but I neglected to notice it until mm. it was too late. And, uh, <laughs> what does EVP stand for? An uh, EVP is like when you will get uh, like sounds or speaking or some kind of noise on an electronic recording, like a tape or like a digital recording that was not, you did not necessarily hear it while you were there. So it's like an electronic voice phenomenon. Is yeah, that what that right. For? And so it's like, you don't, you might not hear it, but then when you go back to listen to the recording later, you will hear something that is weird on the tape. And the thing that I got on the tape was we were taught we were sitting there talking and it is so loud on the recording and it sounds like some dude nutting it's like the <laughs> fucking most awful thing it's, it's just like this guy going <laughs> and it's like really loud over us talking like we would have heard him say that we would have heard that noise like in the room it was so gross anyways but that's like the second episode of hello ghost like the one i fucked up by not listening to my recording before we recorded it <laughs> We'll dig back in the archives and go find that if that floats your boat. Patreon.com slash Garbage Brain University. That's where right. you're going to get that, right? Right, right. And then I around around the same time, this was probably the last thing I did before the pandemic started, is I went to a second haunted house that belonged to someone who I knew when I was younger, who was like older than me. But I went back to my hometown and I investigated this haunted house and it was fucked up there also. I believe it was on some kind of portal or some shit. But I never got to get to the bottom of it. We got a haunted doll from the location and dropped it off at a second paranormal <laughs> investigator's house for him to 
keep keep an eye on for like an extended period of time and see if there's anything that triggers the doll to do stuff it was fucked up it was like it was going to be a really sweet episode instead of our podcast and it was like a lot of fun and then the pandemic happened and that was part of the reason i was so mad about it fucking ruined everything ruined my ghost adventures and so now that now i have no ghost adventures (laughs) and there's no ghosts here (laughs) and there's no ghosts around i never have any kind of ghostly occurrences around here i think people will talk about there being a geomagnetic anomaly this is geomagnetic normality around here (laughs) all compasses point to north (laughs) all the time the sun rises in the east (laughs) things only roll downhill No cold spots. The whole house is one big cold spot, actually. Yeah, yeah. No warm spots. No. Uniform, <laughs> uniform temperature. You've never lived in a house that was haunted. Your mom has seen ghosts before, though. Yeah. I've talked to her about it. Yeah, yeah, she has. She has had some interesting experiences, and I think her beliefs are somewhere between, like, very ancient american tradition and paranormal right right like somewhere in that triangle yeah it's a good triangle it's a pretty sweet triangle i don't think her house is on it either no i don't think it is but i think her they built her house in the 80s (laughs) yeah and someone else lived in it for a year and then her and my dad moved in so like who's gonna haunt that right right like i was probably haunting it when i lived there like, I was probably a specter of doom. Yeah, right, right. I think they wanted me to leave. <laughs> so I had seen a ghost one time, which was very extremely a big imprinting moment on me, which I discussed in our first ghost episode. If you, I'm not going to tell the story again. You could listen to it yourself. First ghost episode, I told the story of the time I saw the ghost, and it was fucking fucked up as shit. But I also think I, I may have seen a ghost when I was much younger. Yeah? When I lived in Pennsylvania. I was, like, quite young. We lived in a townhouse. It seemed weird to me when I lived there. But I remember, and for I'll preface this by saying my family, like, we were tidy. Like, my mom did not have a house where we had shit laying around. It was, like, the living room had living room furniture in it, and that was it, right? The kitchen was just, like, the kitchen and it had kitchen stuff in it, and that was it, right? Yeah. So we were, I, I was young. I was probably, like, six or something around then and the bathroom was downstairs and i was upstairs and it was like the middle of the night everyone in my house was asleep like my mom and dad were asleep my two sisters were up there asleep right my sisters were young enough that they probably were still in cribs honestly at this point it was not one of them and i was walking down the stairs to go to the bathroom and i saw it looked like it looked like it was my dad's robe it was a blue terry cloth robe with white trim on it because i remember what it looked like because i saw it flying down the hallway (laughs) like across like the hallway down like at a right angle to when i was coming down the stairs yeah and there was nothing in it but it looked like it looked like something was just holding the collar of it it didn't look like it had anything in it it looked like it was hanging off a hook and it just went down the hallway yeah and you just saw it and that was it that was it what did you think about it i thought i thought i assumed that i'm i mean what was i supposed to like (laughs) That's the thing is, when you see see a ghost, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> did, did it upset you, or were you just like, huh? And then you went to bed, and then... Well, I, I'm really good at sublimating things. I imagine I probably sublimated it and went to the bathroom and went back to bed. <laughs> you just did something weird later to compensate right, exactly. for it. <laughs> yeah, right. 
like my my upbringing was not like the most comforting, so I don't imagine I would have like sought comfort. Yeah, you wouldn't have. You I would have sublimated it anybody. and went back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> you waited until I got a chance to air it out in my podcast. <laughs> I'll save this for the podcast. I'll talk about this one of these days. <laughs> No, it's like a radio show. But it was like it was just like a very brief thing, and it was very weird. And I, I, I remember feeling like the house was weird. Also, I had noticed weird shit happening in the house, and like not understood what was going on, and asking my mom about stuff. And my mom will not explain anything to you ever, and she did not do that then either. So. <laughs> I think that house might have been haunted. So when you say weird stuff, you mean like stuff moving around on its own? Stuff would show up in the house. I remember stuff would show up and I'd be like, what is that? And I'm just like, I don't know. Like stacks of books, like weird stuff. What? Stacks of books? Mm-hmm. Like what kind of books? Just normal books? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like a old Michael Crichton book? <laughs> like a stack of, I remember it was like a stack of books. We were on a trip or something and I, we came back and there was a stack of books on the kitchen table. The other thing is that my family is not people who have books. Huh. Could you picture my my mom going out and, and seeking out a stack of books and bringing them home. I could I could imagine her getting her hands on some books, but there would be a different reason. Right. And when I asked her about it, she made it seem like she didn't know what was going on. Hmm. <laughs> my my dad never did anything for anyone ever, and so like it wasn't him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wasn't me because I was like six. Didn't you also later in your life weren't there always animals walking in the house yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, I know that that is a, a chaos environment, but like, it seems like there's just some weird energy happening maybe everywhere. Oh, there was fucked up energy all the time in my house. My my whole my whole upbringing from the time I was born until I left. It was like fucking weirdest shit the whole time. Yeah, animals would get in the house and then we, they would just live there. Like, it didn't matter. Like, if, if you got in, buddy, well, line up and get a paper plate. We're eating <laughs> beefaroni tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, Natalie... I'm I'm really sorry. This is this has got to be a record. We've gone the longest time without me asking you, Natalie. Yes. What is a haunted house? <laughs> a haunted house, spook house, or go- oh, that's I've not never good. heard it called a spook Don't house. Don't call it that. Don't call it that. Or a ghost house in ghost lore is a house or other building often perceived as being inhabited by disembodied spirits of the deceased who may have been former residents or were otherwise connected with the property. And it also says that parapsychologists often attribute haunting to the spirits of the dead who have suffered from violent or tragic events in the building's past, such as a murder, accidental death, or suicide. I feel like I should have been a parapsychologist. And there's always room for jello. Right. It's too late. For, I mean, it's too late for me now. I'm I'm returning to the earth at this point. No, like when the dentist told me to get braces. It's too late for that. You could be a parapsychologist <laughs> still. I'm a doctor of metaphysics. That's good enough. <laughs> so I think one of the problems that you have when trying to find any kind of information about haunted houses is that there's basically two kinds of information. One is like the creaky croaker house in Waukesha is thought to have been a guy and then the guy was murdered by himself. <laughs> Some say he still walks the hallways. Right, right. Are all ghosts, are all ghost people who died tragic deaths? Like, if you just die a regular death that you saw coming, are you, you never hear about those ghosts, do you? Do you think Michael Hutchins is a ghost? Well, he was, he, he died tragically and suddenly, so maybe he is, yeah. 
I don't know if it's true, but I my mental picture is that he he for those who don't know the former singer of in excess an <laughs> 80s rock band would you say 80s rock 80s, band 80s early 90s yeah well he killed himself masturbating right happens he to, didn't happens he, to the best of us no it doesn't <laughs> do not do not do that if you oh, yeah, feel I'm not saying to do that if you feel like you absolutely have to cut the oxygen off to your brain just get somebody to do it for you just no you just get some poppers poppers yeah Get poppers. If you must cut off the air supply to your head, because then you can jerk off and sniff your poppers. You get your little head rush. You get your little lack of oxygen that makes you nut so good, and and you can't accidentally strangle yourself. Yeah. Anyway, it is. <laughs> it is terrible. I guess he used all of his poppers on cleaning his VCR. Right. When I worked at the pornography store, there was lots of videos. There was a lot of sex toys and dildos. But really what I did was sell whippets and poppers. I was just there to sell whippets and poppers. That's the only thing people wanted. They would come in. They would get a little chuckle at my other wares. But then they'd be like, just give me the whippets. (laughs) Yeah. I need some of that Rush video head cleaner and also a bottle of the Falcon, please. I would just, anyway, what I was getting at is, uh, (laughs) I just thought, I just always in my mind, and maybe the news report went into more detail as to, like, the situation, but I can't imagine somebody going in to buy the house, they're like, beautiful house, like in LA or wherever, he probably lived in LA, Australia, I don't remember where he was from, and, uh, they open up the closet, and there he is. Right. (laughs) Just a spectral... A spectral ghost who couldn't find his poppers. Didn't he? Didn't he die in a hotel? Or did he die in his house? Oh, in a hotel. Well, that hotel room is haunted. Then, perhaps. Some say. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> some say you can still hear him scratching around in the closet, saying, "Where's my poppers, mate?" <laughs> you can catch a glimpse of him jerking off in the window. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, people have different functions. If you want to say that people learn lessons and people do different things before they come back or move on, then, you know, maybe the greatest thing you can do in your life is to convince somebody way more important than you not to kill themselves jacking off. Right, right. Like there might be 10 or 15 or or 100, you know, really good like doctors, humanitarians, medics, just people firemen doing really important things scientists doing really great things for humanity and they might have gone down right might have gone down that road and then they saw the news thing and they were like oh i should stop doing that i might die in a hotel right i mean that was the lesson that he was here to teach the world thank thank you michael hutchins thank you I'm going to have like a little bit of confessional here tonight is that during the course of the pandemic, I really started, I basically spent the entire time just reading esoteric shit because I was like, if I cannot go out to seek the ghost, I must seek the ghost within, right? And you know what happened? I don't really believe in ghosts so much. Well, I think it's fine 
to have shifting beliefs on things. One of the problems that people have cognitively is that they get new information and don't use it to change their right, behavior. Right. I think that it's possible that there could be an electromagnetic disturbance that lets you see a shadow of something that had happened there in a different time period. I think it is possible for you to see this kind of, sh- of shadows. Do I think that your consciousness could be a ghost and, and exist on, on, on Earth? like in perpetuity like trapped like no i don't believe that the the idea that a ghost is an incorporeal form that lives in your house and says stuff or compels you to do things kind of seems like me saying that there's a little man that is made of lightning and he lives in my tv and he asks you questions until you get to the sixty-four thousand dollar pyramid <laughs> right right it's just an extremely it's an extremely primitive view of how something might work right based on preconceived notions that have later been proven not to be true but the idea of the ghost has as incorporeal yet intelligent persists the most likely explanation to me still seems that it is a perception it's perception it's your consciousness perceiving you're perceiving something and the way that you physically integrate this sensory input is in the form of a ghost sure right sure i think that having something that physically electromagnetically interferes with space-time or something i think that's possible but i think what is more possible than having a huge area like in your room be unmoored in time like billy pilgrim right and you know moving back and forth and there's a guy there and now there's not a guy there instead of that i think it's incredibly more likely that if you have anything funky going on that it is happening in your brain. I believe that material reality as we experience it is an illusion. It is like a holographic projection. And so the one ghost experience I had where I saw a ghost, it was traumatic. I would say it was a traumatic experience because it was absolutely terrifying because it looked so much like a real person that I was convinced that I was going to get murdered. When I was in that moment, it was me trying to figure out how to escape because there was someone who was in my bedroom who was going to kill me. Mm-hmm. That to me is not the same as like, they're getting a little carbon monoxide and you see like a shadow person, right? That's not the same thing to me. And the other issue at hand with when I saw the ghost in my room is that I was eventually able to figure out who it was and find a picture of them and it was the same guy. But okay, so do I think that what I saw was an intelligent ghost coming into my room? No, I do not think that's what it was. I think it was some kind of electromagnetic shit, something or other happened. And I was able to see a residual holographic projection of reality of something that had happened in my bedroom like 10 years before the point when I was sitting there. Yeah, yeah. And I think also 
that if it's some kind of weird anomaly that maybe involves extra dimensions or something that we don't really have access to, then that would be incredibly hard for people to measure. Right, right. And hard to quantify, especially if it's something that's transient. Sure. Because it just goes away. And that was the only time I ever saw anything there. I lived yeah. there for more than a year. It was the only time I ever saw anything there. And my friend, remember who I lived with at the time, she remembered it. And she remembered it happening. And she said that she didn't have anything happen when she was there. But she believed that what I told her. Because I described the guy she bought the house off of. I was like, he looked just like the guy who you met at the bank and signed papers with. <laughs> But I wasn't there. I, I didn't know who the guy was. I just told her what I saw. I am kind of sensitive to that shit, though, too, I think, a little bit. Well, I think it's I think it's easy to describe, you know, oh, I didn't, I heard something in my house. I don't know what it is. And then somebody jumps to the conclusion that their house is haunted because that's, I mean, it's more exciting than like uh, I had a poster in a tube in the other room and uh, eventually like the air movement from the HVAC system like caused the humidity to change where it was touching the wall and it slipped and fell over right. or whatever. But I think dismissing all of the... I think dismissing everything as having some uh, some explanation based on high school physics is like a little bit oversimplifying right. the issue. Right. Because it leaves out that there are things happening, like you said, electromagnetically, maybe geomagnetically, right, that we don't have. Right. And I think there's also the thing where just because you can't prove what it is doesn't mean you have to say it doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. You should be able to say we are not able to prove that and and then remain agnostic about it, right? There's a difference between saying this is an interesting phenomenon and we can't measure it and we don't know anything about it versus saying, well, we don't know what it is, therefore it's not happening. Right. There would never be any scientific discoveries if people weren't willing to look into things that no one knew about. Right? <laughs> This is, like, stuff that is, it has to do with, like, consciousness and, like, the way that the entire universe is built. And it is entirely possible that we ha we don't even know a teaspoon of, of it, right? I, I think it's incredibly likely that humanity doesn't know more than a, a tiny fraction of what could possibly be happening. And I know we've talked about this before, but the popular idea of the pursuit of science always seems to be skewed. You have people for whom science fills this sort of need that they would have from religion, which is like a consistency and like a set of rules. Right. Right. And so they treat it like you would treat a religion or maybe a sports team. Right. And they feel as though it is a collection of immutable laws, whereas modern science has only existed. You, I mean, I couldn't put a, a point on when actual modern science started, but a lot of the laws of thermodynamics and pressure and temperature and airflow really only started in the 18th century. Right. It's where you get like Boyle's Law and Charles' Law and all that kind of stuff. And so... The fact that the planet is 4 billion years old and we've had some tools for analysis of of quantified analysis of scientific problems for like 300 years, we obviously, it took us this long to get that far. Right. 
like obviously we're not there yet right it's like the people that say well stars are like light years and light years away therefore aliens could never get here well that's it time for me to watch star wars right There are so many people who use science as a cudgel, right? Like, why are you so offended with people talking about things that are not able to be proven? Like, why does it, it's like a control thing for you, maybe. I don't know. But you know who my favorite people in the fucking world are? Are scientists who are completely willing to talk about this kind of shit, like, like in any way at all. Those guys are always the most absolutely interesting dudes to talk to about any kind of shit. Absolutely, because to to be involved in the scientific method means you have a capacity for the unknown. If you believe that everything is known, then you would not need to do any sort of scientific method. Right, right. If everything was already known, we would have never had to build a super collider. Right. Right. You remember that? Remember when they're like, hey, this might cause a black hole that would be the end of Earth. Well, we're going to turn it on anyway. That's also a lesson, but that's a lesson in futility. (laughs) Well, there's an idea that there's this guy who does astral projection training tapes and writes books about astral projection. He's died now. His name is Robert Monroe. He said that human suffering was like what we produce. Like Earth is a farm and interdimensional beings feast upon our human suffering. Ah, the skeleton theory. (laughs) The louche. That is what the, when you have like extreme emotions about something, that is what the interdimensional beings eat. Oh, man. (laughs) So perhaps like to be free is to like, is to try to temper your emotional responses to things. Don't be so high pitched, baby. Uh, You know what I want to talk about? If you were in the market to purchase a house and you knew the house was haunted, would you buy it? I mean, you're, you mean, assuming if I like the house. Oh, yeah, this is, you like it, but also you found out that there was, like, a mass murder in it, and the last people who lived in the house left after, like, two months. <laughs> well, I would, I mean, absent any other reason, I mean, maybe the neighbors are bad. Uh, sure, I would buy the house. I think that it's it's possible to do what you want with something, and I feel like there's a there's a clean slate. I don't think that, you know, wood and brick and mortar and knob and tube wiring is any is anything but, you know, a substrate for you to live your life. Right. I don't I think that the energy that I would bring to a house and I think my intent for living in a house and I think the way that I live my life in my house is such where if there were like some kind of spiritual aspect to the house, I think I would be fine. I don't think the house would be mean to me. Right. I think that some people have like a lower tolerance for that kind of stuff too. There are probably people who, if they if they would be living in a house that had a kind of activity in it, they'd be like, ah! I would be like, oh, there's that ghost again. I'm going to go try to find him. <laughs> I'm just not sure that... I'm very sensitive to to anything that seems paranormal, and I couldn't tell you why. I just know that I've been in situations before where other people are saying they're hearing stuff or they're seeing stuff, and it's like, you know, when we went to the haunted prison, 
I walked around in the dark, and when it is very completely dark, it's dark to the point where it's not just like dark in your house, where there's moonlight coming through the window and your alarm clock's on, and the idle light for your Nintendo Switch is in the corner. Mm-hmm. It's not just the power's out and you go into the basement and you just turn your flashlight off for a moment and it's dark in there. It's totally, it's a different kind of darkness. It's like the void. <laughs> and just as when you close your eyes and you see blobs moving around, some people say they're gray. To me, they're like gray, but they have like this sort of rainbow phosphorescence to them. To me, it looks like like a slow-mo waterfall. Yeah, on the inside of your eyes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's nice. Uh, that's I like that. It's like a very it's like a cross between like a lava lamp and a waterfall. It is for me a lava lamp, very much a lava lamp effect. And something I always find hilarious is how like the speed and the chaotic nature of it gets turned up if I if I am like laying down, closing my eyes, and I've I've taken some THC or I've taken some kind of entheogenic compound. So here's a question for you. I have aphantasia, which is the thing where if you close your eyes and try to picture something, you just can't. It's just blackness always. I didn't realize that other people were able to just summon pictures in their mind like while they were awake. I was not yeah. aware of that until recently. <laughs> I think it's like the civil war of sit to wipe versus stand to wipe. One side cannot understand how the other lives. Right, right. So he, to, here's my to question. Me, go ahead. Go my ahead. question for you, for you as someone who's able to visualize stuff, okay? When you close your eyes and you see that lava lamp, like, is it just lava lamp or do you see other stuff too? Like, can you, do you accidentally visualize stuff? Like, if you think about a hot dog while you're looking at the, in the eye, eyelid lava lamp, like, will you see a hot dog accidentally? So it's not, it's not vision. It's... Your mind's eye, mm-hmm. you are imagining looking at something. And so you are you are looking at your imagination using what I imagine to be probably the same part of your brain that processes images. Mm-hmm. I've been working a lot on my, my visualization skills because like I do like so much meditation shit and all that. I've been working very, very hard at my, at my visualization skills. I used to be able to see literally nothing no matter how hard I tried. But... I have been able to get very, very slight, very slight visualizations, but I have to do it in such a weird way. I have to imagine that whatever it is I'm looking at is behind me. Okay. And then it, and then I will, and then I have to really focus on it and imagine what it would look like, imagine it behind me. And then I will get a teeny tiny little visualization that is like very, like someone overdid the Gaussian blur. It is absolutely black and white always, no colors. And it's like I will see a little teeny, and then it just goes, and it just disappears. <laughs> like it just gets smaller. Like it's flying away from me. That is like the most I'm ever able to do. Yeah. So like, <laughs> when I'm when I say visualize, like I I could be looking at you, or I could be looking at the wall. And I could still visualize something at the same time in my mind that's separate from what I'm looking at. Well, yeah, I mean, I can look at you and think about a lemon, like, but yeah. I don't... You can't see the surface of the lemon, like all the little pores on the lemon and the part where it comes out like a nipple at the end. You can't see that? I mean, verbally, I can see it. I, I have those words 
in my mind describing it, I but feel, I cannot see it. I feel like I'm very small and the lemon is large and it's just getting bigger and I'm going in and I see more and more detail in the pores and I, I'm kind of like, what? Well, Kind of want to see what's in there. When I when you tell me to think about a lemon, I think about a list of adjectives that describe a lemon. That's completely alien to me. When you were talking about, now you you said you close your eyes, you have the lava lamp effect. What what happens if you accidentally visualize a hot dog? <laughs> and when you said that, I I didn't see a hot dog but i i in my mind's eye i saw a guy in like a blue jacket at a hot dog stand eating a hot dog see if you said think imagine a hot dog i'd be like okay it's long it's like you'd start to, you'd start describing it uh-huh it has buns it has ketchup and mustard on it it's long it's like a play-doh snake only it's a hot dog and then you it's just the right size to put in your face like like instructions if i was trying to tell somebody to draw a hot dog that's what i that's what comes to my mind if you tell me to imagine a hot dog so when i was in fifth or sixth grade we had these these little classes i don't remember what they were i don't remember everything that happened but there was some kind of exercise where and i believe this was really influential to me there was some kind of exercise where the teacher said okay i want you to tell me how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and she had bread and peanut butter and jelly there and she interpreted everybody's instructions literally and so people had made these logical leaps and people had made errors that caused her to do things literally that were not in the spirit of assembling a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to show the difference, right? Mm -hmm. And then she got to one of my friends in the class and he had intentionally written it to make her get peanut butter and jelly everywhere. Mm -hmm. Something about, you know, just make sure you cover the bread in it so she dutifully like covered both sides and then he's like, put it together with a slapping motion. And it sprayed everywhere, and she was like, oh, this is Tim. This is so bad. You did such a bad job. We were all laughing, and I was like, you fucker, you did that on purpose. That's something to think about. That's something to think about. I've thought about that. That's been very inspiring to me. Maybe the question that you're asked, maybe if you don't think hard enough about the question you're asked, you might walk down the same road everybody walks or if you have a blank slate you really can make anything you want Mm -hmm. some people go to twitter and it says what's happening and they literally type what they're doing right and some people use a blank slate to do something else that they want to do with it when i see the twitter it says what's happening i always think it says what's happening I thought you were <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you start describing it with adjectives. Okay, it's quiet. I'm sitting. <laughs> no, I don't think it's tweet. just the right size to go in your text box. Right, right. <laughs> you love it. <laughs> Tidy. <laughs> So you purchased a haunted house. Uh, apparently, Realtor.com says that 40% of the population say they have lived in a haunted house at some point. 40%. That's a lot. That is a huge number. Uh-huh. A third of the respondents said that they would risk the possibility of buying a haunted house if it was cheap, 
if it had a large kitchen <laughs> or if the neighborhood was nicer than the other houses that they were looking at. I don't I just don't think even if your house was haunted, even if I I was haunted, like I it's just not out of the realm of possibility. Enough people have described this phenomenon that I do believe that it's real somewhere. Uh-huh. There are probably locations where there's something happening. Period. There's something happening. Whether it appears to you as a guy dragging chains around or a bathrobe. Maybe it's just a bathrobe. Just a bathrobe or a random stack of books. <laughs> I had a dream once. Uh, a dream where, uh, for some reason, I thought it was terrifying. But I had a dream that I was making muffins. And then I went to check on my muffins. And they were all stacked up like in a pyramid in the, in the stove. And I just screamed and screamed. <laughs> 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 they were supposed to be in the muffin tins. Yeah, but they were all stacked up in a pile, like blocking the the, the door to the oven. I was like, ah! <laughs> I don't know why it freaked me out so bad in my dream. I, I've had some really fucked up ones that didn't bug me out nearly as much as those fucking muffins did. <laughs> so, I mean, a ghost could be anything, really, man. A ghost could be anything. And really think about it. Like, the last year and a half, two years, however long it's fucking been at this point, what, we've been in this house doing the same thing over and over and over and over. Maybe we're the ghosts. You always got to think about that. You always got to think about, you know, we're we're so worried about the ghosts, maybe we're not even the real people. Right? Maybe maybe the higher dimensional beings, they, they see us as being like that. Maybe the house is actually vacant, and it's been vacant for however long we've been living here. And if somebody moved in, then we'd haunt their ass. Right. Really, if somebody, if I woke up and there was somebody walking around the house, yeah, yeah, I would haunt them. Not the same dimension as me? Yeah, man, I'd try to fuck with you, man. I'd peanut butter and jelly your ass. <laughs> I'd get you doing some weird shit. I'd get you get old uh, lady from Poltergeist over, blow some smoke around. I really, I'd go total haywire on your ass. Right, right. You gotta, you gotta get out of here, man. Right. <laughs> I am, like I said, I'm not, I'm not sold on ghosts 100% now. I do think that there's stuff that happens. I do think that it's possible that it's like interdimensional stuff. And so we are just not able to to like parse it with our minds. I think it is possible that they're like remnants of, of the emotional imprint of things that have happened in the past. But I do not believe that ghosts are people, their awareness. I don't think that they're intelligent. I don't think that they can do anything except for the motion of whatever they did a hundred years ago, like only on certain days, and only if you if you look at it the right way and you're tired. I think that the the ghost thing, where we're stepping away from the definition of this is, you know, an incorporeal body doing things, but it can also interface with the material world and drag your chairs around and put books in your house. Right, right. I think as we step away from that and we consider alternate explanations for the nature of reality, I think pulling back from looking at matter and energy as fundamentals mm-hmm. and the the four, uh, four fundamental forces, mm-hmm. if we pull back from that and we consider there may be other things that are fundamental and matter and energy are emergent from like the observation of what's happening. Matter and energy are emergent 
from some sort of complexity, then it's very easy to say not that matter and energy are governed by these immutable laws that we just managed to discover and they always work, that perhaps the way they emerge from a system is different in a different condition of consciousness. Sure. And another thing to think about is that, you know, in history, there were were areas of study that in contemporary times people look at them with like derision like people are like alchemy and you know medicine used to be humors and all this kind of stuff you know but alchemy turned into chemistry and the doctor bleeding you and doing your humors eventually turned into contemporary medicine I think it is possible that with people's greater understanding or or starting to do research into consciousness, I believe that a lot of this kind of stuff like ghosts and spirits and and this and that, we're going to find that this is going to be like a new wing of science where you are studying what is in between mass and energy and the the glue that holds all this shit together. I think that is what we're talking about. And I think that we are just not able to understand it yet because we don't have the words. In the same way that like primitive people did not have a word for blue and so they never described anything as blue. Yeah. I think yeah. that's where we are. And I think we're at a point where, you know, if people start researching more into consciousness and, and they've been doing that, I think that it is going to turn into like another wing of science. Where, where we are studying something that we're not even aware of it at all at all right now. And I, I think alchemy is a great analog for this because people started out, the classic example is turning lead into gold. They would draw their little planet symbols and try to figure out how to get it to turn into gold. Not going to happen in, you know, medieval times, Middle Ages, Renaissance, whenever people right. were doing alchemy because... It's essentially nuclear. I'm talking in in practical terms of the physics of the world, right? Right. It has a different number of neutrons and protons in the nucleus of the atom. Well, we've, we've gone all the way through modern chemistry, you know, past the, the periodic table, past all of this thermodynamic knowledge then pushing through to the point where we've got nuclear physics and we've got people looking at subatomic particles. And now, finally, after all this time, past 20, 30, however long years, we now have super colliders, which enable us, if we want, to put a lead atom in it and smash neutrons into it until it turns into gold. We can do that now. Mm-hmm. Right. And the other thing is that with the alchemists, you can say whatever you want about the alchemists. And, you know, they never did it. They never made gold gold out of anything. They may not have done that, but they had a large part in establishing, like, scientific method and keeping lab notebooks and recording results of your experiments and changing variables in order to try different different things. They had a major part in, in setting up the system on which contemporary science was built. Just because it's not real, just because it's not right, just because it's not provable by you right now does not mean it's not legitimate. It does not mean it's not worth anything. It doesn't mean that it's not not worthy of discussion and it's not worthy of of having people look into it. Absolutely. The thing, the wonderful thing about science is that there's always something unknown 
in that as long as you don't dismiss the fact that there are there are things that we don't know about right then there's there's still a lot to learn right and, and the it, more you know the more you don't know and if you don't understand that, then you are not, like, intellectually mature enough to be worrying about this shit. Yeah, you need, to, <laughs> you need to just fucking cool out and go watch your shows, man. Right, right. You know who has an infinite curiosity for the natural world? Uh, Corey Grill. That's exactly who I was thinking I think about. her house is haunted, too. That's what I heard. I think her house has got a ghostly fella. <laughs> Corey Grella and her ghostly fella. <laughs> He's nice though. He just like helps out, make sure she doesn't like forget her lunch in the morning when she goes to work. Make sure that her keys are always where they belong, even if she just dropped them on the floor when she walked in. I hope so. Oh gosh. Yeah. Don't you need one of those? <laughs> you need one of those little hooks or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Oh, she already knows that. I mean, everybody else. She's she's a perfect person, so she already knows. No need to. Tell her about it. If you're in the Discord, you might want to look into a keychain, though. <laughs> and if if you lived in this place, Natalie, I'm going to give you the jeopardy. If you lived in this place, you might be so stunned at its natural beauty that you might come into your apartment and whip your keys onto the ground <laughs> at light speed and just go fuck. <laughs> That's Harlem Township. Have fun fact. Uh, when I dropped off the haunted doll, it was in Harlem Township. <laughs> So you got a haunted doll from a from a from primary a, location <laughs> from a haunted house, and you took the mysterious entity to a paranormal researcher in Harlem Township. Yeah, I, and it was I I got baby blankets and I wrapped it up like very very nice like a baby, and then I put it in the back seat and I put the seatbelt on it. I was like, I'm not taking any chances on this doll being mad at me on the drive to Harlem Township. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm sure once the doll got there, the doll was happy. And the yeah, doll was absolutely. Uh, yeah. I don't see how you could be unhappy in Harlem Township. I'm pretty sure that she was so happy that she never did anything at all. Can't beat it. Yeah. Uh huh. Can't. Beat it. <laughs> well, if you have a haunted house experience, we'd love to hear about it. Patreon.com/slash Garbage Brain University. Hop on in the Discord. Tell us about your experience with getting freaking haunted before. This Discord fucks. And it does. <laughs> Absolutely does. If you know, you know. Well, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you soon. I love you. Bye.